Welcome to the Japan Longing Club podcast, a podcast for those who long to travel to Japan and appreciate media, games, and real life culture from Japan and the world beyond. We are your hosts, Jared and Randy. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing, oh man, so much better than last time. Even last time, you got the sniffles, some allergies happening. You sounded great. Thank, wow, thank you so much. I think I listened back to it. I was like, eh, that didn't sound too shabby. So uh, I'm back at 100%, so I'm ready to rock and roll. You are at 110%, 120% with all that coffee that you're drinking. Heck yeah, of course. It's my, I gotta have my go-go juice. What have you been up to? What have you been watching? What have you been playing? Oh, I've been watching Digimon Adventure 2020. I think I'm like 13 episodes deep. It's a fun adventure. Of course, it's in the name. Uh, been playing Pokemon Soul Silver. I think I have six badges, and that's going great. And I finally was able to order my Steam Deck, so that's sitting at shipping soon. So hopefully, by the end of this coming week, it'll be in my grubby little hands. That sounds great. I saw that you were sharing that on Twitter. How excited you were for the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to hear you got past that glitched gym leader. In Pokemon. <laughs> so I'm glad that you made progress somehow. Well, you know, when you when your cheating has broken the game, you got to break it more by putting it in a save editor and giving yourself that badge and just moving forward. That sounds great. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, I've been playing a little bit of the hit PlayStation classic Chrono Cross, the Ooh. re-release remaster on the Nintendo Switch. Radical Dreamers, right? Yes, yeah. So I finished Radical Dreamers in about four hours or so. Text adventure, going through a spooky mansion. A lot darker mm. than I thought it would be. And then um, got to see how that sort of prequels, sort of standalone project before Chrono Cross came out. And uh, yeah, I'm just running around the first village of Chrono Cross and falling asleep while I play. So that's been pretty great. Hmm. Uh, I will say... Something that I forgot that I wanted to bring up. I haven't watched it yet, but tonight I'm going to watch Bubble. Have you seen Bubble before? No, but I have heard of Bubble. It has come up a few times on the social media's timelines. Mm-hmm. So it's a new film by just a bunch of people with uh, great pedigree. I mean, I was sold when I heard that uh, Sawano was doing the music for it. So obviously oh, yeah. I was excited. I think it's Studio Wit that's making it, if I'm Maybe. correct. Okay. It might be. Sawano, for anyone who doesn't know, did the music for Attack on Titan, Xenoblade Chronicles X, and many other projects that I can't remember. Kill la Kill. Oh, yeah. Really good music. Mm-hmm. And what have I been watching? You know, been watching some Moon Knight and nice. some Doctor Anime and the Multiverse of Anime Madness. <laughs> Just a bit of that. Uh, not a whole lot else. Just had a lot of you know busy life stuff happening. A lot of stuff with the house, just like last time. Sometimes adulting is uh, is a fun time, right? But but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking, no, we're here to talk about episode three of the Japan Longing Club podcast. And we're going to kick it off with our new segment, the Go Guy Go Guy Go Guy Extra Extra Extra. It is time for the Japan Longing Club Shimbun newspaper, where we talk about New York City's first Japan parade. Woohoo! So yeah. Um, New York City had its first ever Japan parade yesterday, May 14th, recording today on that on Sunday, the 15th. And it was led by Grand Marshal George Takei. And you are probably familiar with George Takei, but if not, he's a famous social justice activist, Grammy-nominated recording artist, and New York Times bestselling author, and famous actor. 
in relation to the U.S. and Japan relations. He now serves as the chairman emeritus and member of the Japanese American National Museum's Board of Trustees. And Takei served on the board of the Japan-United States Friendship Commission under President Bill Clinton. And in 2004, he was conferred with the gold rays with Rosette of the Order of the Rising Sun, a very official title by the (laughs) Emperor of Japan um, for his contribution to his U.S. and Japan relationship. Very cool. Yeah, he rode in the front of a very fancy car, um, leading the way and waving and pointing at people and uh, having a good time, it looked like. And so uh, this is pretty much pulled right from the event's official website, which is japandaynyc.org. But Mm -hmm. just as like a brief description of why the parade was put together and uh, what it resembles. So again, taken right from the site. So the year 2022 marks the 150th anniversary of the visit of the Japanese mission led by Ambassador Extraordinary and Plenipotentiary, very cool title, Mm -hmm. uh, Iwakura Tomomi in 1872 which resulted in the remarkable development of Japan-U.S. relations, including the establishment of the Consulate of New York. And the purpose of the the Japan Parade is to further promote friendship between the U.S. and Japan, to express gratitude to New York City, and to strengthen the solidarity of the Japanese-American community on this milestone anniversary. Nice. Yeah, definitely. The parade had everything from drums, dance, martial arts, and anime. Uh, Even the Sailor Moon, the Super Live uh, cast was there, which is uh, they're from a Sailor Moon musical, and they had performances that they did throughout the day. I think there was a meet and greet, so they were there. That was a big deal. Why didn't I go? That would have been so fun. All you would have had to do is just buy a plane ticket and (sighs) parachute out, parachute down into the parade. You land (sighs) right next to the right next to George Takei in the car. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just picturing instead, if you're at all familiar, it's been a meme this whole time from, I believe it's one of the Sailor Moon movies of uh, Santa Claus saying Merry Christmas and then ripping off his outfit and its tuxedo mask underneath and just says, and a Happy New Year. I would just do that. Yes. But it would be like, you know, Happy uh, Japan Parade and hello, I'm a super nerd. Well, you can do your Christmas themed event <laughs> When the Rockefeller Plaza and the Christmas tree is lit up, you should just jump out of a helicopter and do that. I like that idea. Let's make that right. happen. You know what? We could probably start to raise some money. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how close you'll get, but we'll see. It'll be raising funds for me to do the stupid stunt slash pay for medical bills after I've broken most bones in my body. Amazing. So <laughs> there was also an outdoor street festival, and that was called the Festival Yatai Gourmet, or that was the theme. So it's kind of celebrating an outdoor festival where there was ramen, soba, karage, which is fried chicken, konomiyaki, which is sometimes referred to as a Japanese pancake, but not really of the light and fluffy kind, where it's more of a, a cabbage and scallions, there's mayo and sauces. Um, you should look up okonomiyaki on online on google just google it so you can see what it looks like and then get real hungry oh yeah yeah if you're lucky certain places in the united states do serve okonomiyaki but i feel like it's harder to find than uh you know like soba and ramen Mm -hmm, for sure so yeah like so this event happened it sounds like it was a really good time um there were many organizations that were in the parade a lot of cool photos you can look up 
uh, people were told to use a certain hashtag where, uh, you know, it was basically Japan, like Japan parade. So mm-hmm. take a look at that. You can see a lot of, there's a lot of sailor moon <laughs> posts right now. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that happened. A lot of cosplayers came out and I have to say, uh, so George Takei was doing some publicity, uh, around this event. And I believe it was, it was probably Friday. He was featured on the show, the view and, mm. They gave him <laughs> probably what was supposed to be 30 seconds or less to promote the parade, but he took like a minute and a half and it was the best because he was talking about Iwakura Tomomi and he goes into how like the official title was ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then like near the end of it, he said that one of the most excited things he he was for this parade was uh, anime characters coming to life and then the cast of the view cut him off when he started talking about anime and that was just <laughs> so amazing they said they were like george it was great having you here we were out of time <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about anime george we'll be here all day but he did get a few words in about the anime community and that was amazing um, <laughs> <laughs> that is good i think they probably cut him off because maybe one of the other People on The View would just start talking about My Hero Academia for the next hour if they didn't stop it right then and there. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if the cast of The View knows what anime is, but... <laughs> I think I think Whoopi knows. She's still there, right? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well... I think there's a lot of controversy. I, I think there's some controversy, but if she is still there, great. Oh, you're right. I, I think we're a few years behind on the news with them. <laughs> I haven't talked about The View ever. <laughs> But, you know, I think that this uh, parade is definitely a, a great thing. Um, there was supposed to be a parade two years ago in 2020 that was canceled due to coronavirus, um, just like many things are canceled due to uh, the virus. So that happened. Um, it is in conjunction with like a Japan Day uh, that celebrates culture and relationship of America and, um, you know, japan so there was it's definitely a good thing um there's a lot of good vibe energy sounds like and from what i understand they had a great weather for it and it could turn out now i also thought maybe this parade was put on to possibly celebrate that the borders are reopening soon oh um possibly right and so the borders maybe opening soon so on may 12th just a few days ago a group made up of the Japan Association of Travel Agents, the Japan Hotel Association, and the JR Group, JR short for Japan Railways, with other major travel companies submitted a formal request to reopen Japan's borders to tourists. The request was to the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure, Transport, and Tourism. And so the request was to do away with the daily entry cap, and it noted that Japan is one of the last countries in the world to remain closed to tourists. Hmm. If you know anything about a lot of these organizations in Japan and the formality between government and different boards, there's a lot of uh, kind of complicated um, <laughs> steps that need to be taken. A lot of bureaucracy. A lot of bureaucracy. That's the word we're looking for. Thank you. There we go. You're welcome. This is in addition to that recently Prime Minister Fumio Kishida already announced plans to ease border restrictions this month in May, possibly allowing group tours with fixed itineraries to travel to Japan. But And he said that there would be more news to come next month in June, but with no specifics. So this um, 
these groups of different travel organizations made this, you know, formal request kind of after Kishida's statement was made, um, trying to get the country just to, to reopen completely. And so Japanese politicians are starting to speak up a bit more about the tourist ban and how the economy is suffering. And so this includes Yoshihiro Mirai, governor of Miyagi Prefecture, who on May 9th pointed out that the border should allow tourists in when Japanese nationals were able to travel abroad outside the country. So what he's saying is that if we can allow Japanese nationals and citizens to travel outside of the country and return, we should also just allow anyone. <laughs> well, maybe not anyone, but like... You know, they can set up a, a plan, but to allow more tourists into the country and, you know, retrospect. Right. I suppose that makes sense. If you, you know, are going to allow one thing, you should allow both. And, exactly. You know, figure out a good way to do it as safe as possible. But, you know, things things will happen either way since you've kind of already opened those floodgates. We have to be careful when we say as, as safe as possible, because, yes, we want to be safe. But there's been a lot of very strict uh, requirements for um, people who have been traveling back to Japan to begin with, where um, over the last few months or even longer, uh, extended hotel stays where you had to quarantine for so long, even if you tested negative, you know, you couldn't leave your room at all. You had to basically have food delivered to the hotel and then someone would bring it to you possibly within an hour or two. So um, there's a lot of weird things that have happened with the testing and there was different rules for different people depending on like your citizenship in the country. So I'm hoping that, you know, either a negative PCR test or or uh, either before you get there or when you get there will help to establish some kind of more easygoing you know, system getting into the country and kind of increasing the entry cap because only so many people are allowed in per day but to increase that even further mm. but yeah it sounds like these borders are going to possibly open this summer so that's going to be when japan gets hot 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 uh <laughs> so I, I don't know how many people really travel to japan in the uh the hottest parts of the summer because of um you know they're just, it's very humid it's extreme heat mm -hmm. so speaking of mr yoshihiro mirai the governor of miyagi prefecture uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Miyagi Prefecture and Sendai, Masashima Bay, and Gyutan, <laughs> Gautung. So <laughs> the travel story of this episode is a little bit based off of some of my experiences going into Matsushima and Miyagi Prefecture, where, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, in the prefecture, the famous Matsushima Bay, it's over 200 uh, many islands peeking out of the water with pine trees coming out. And it's known as one of Japan's three most famous views. And so, Randy, do you know who Basho is, the famous poet? Uh, I know that he is a famous poet. And the things that I know about Matsuo Basho is that uh, Sora from Dot Hack Sign <laughs> named himself after one of his pupils. Uh, but he changed the kanji so that it would look cooler. And then later on, Haseo in Dot Hack GU is actually named after Matsuo Basho himself. And so there's a little bit of a uh, 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 connection between the two, which I won't say for spoilers of an anime series that's 15, 20 years old. But uh, that is what I know. Is that some of the main characters from Dot Hack are named after him or his associates. And for anyone who doesn't know, Dot Hack is a anime and manga and video game franchise out of Japan <laughs> that is super dead and probably never going to come back. And it makes me sad. I think a lot of franchises take different 
you know, famous people from Japanese history, right? And they, mm. they make different series about them, and <laughs> they take a lot of liberty for what they actually do with them. Yeah, um, for, like, historical things. But, you know, this was .hack where people are playing an online game, so then people have handles, and it's like, oh, where did you get that name from? And everybody has different things. Like, there's a character named BT, and we find out that her name comes from her favorite sandwich, which is a, a bacon and tomato sandwich because she hates lettuce. Um, oh other boy. people name themselves after stars. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, people come hey, up with funny things. Y- you know, <laughs> that's just how it goes. <laughs> but, you know, talking about this famous poet now, Mr. Basho, he wrote a bunch of stuff in the 1600s. That's what you need to know. Um, but, but he took residency in a lot of different places throughout Japan, um, wrote a lot of haikus. And apparently, he may have written the following haiku. Matsushimi, <laughs> let me start that over. You got to give it some gravitas, Jared. Come on, let's, let's just really, really get into it. Matsushimi, I can't say it right. Matsushima, ya. Ah, Matsushima, ya. Matsushima, ya. Which means Matsushima, Matsushima, oh, Matsushima. <laughs> he spent days on that, I assume. Days agonizing, um, <laughs> if he actually wrote that one. But we do know that he wrote morning and evening, as if someone waits for me at Matsushima, my unfulfilled love. Written in 1689, probably a good year for travel. <laughs> <laughs> probably. You know, comparatively. It sounds like he had a, a longing for Matsushima, just kind of like how I have a longing for Japan. Um, <laughs> his unfulfilled love, morning and evening, <laughs> never ends. <laughs> it's a very good choice, Jared, considering the name of the podcast and the theme. You know, he longs for Matsushima. Gotta connect it somehow. Exactly. Yeah, Matsushima Bay is a place that you can travel to from Sendai. It's a pretty short train trip away. And you get to the coast and you can walk around. There's a lot of cool shops and, and things to do, some food to have. You can take a little boat ride out and see the different islands um, peeking out of the, the water. It is pretty cool. There's a bunch of seagulls. So you're not allowed to bring you know food on the boat and feed them because they don't want that to happen anymore. Uh, but they'll follow mm. the boat. You get some really cool pictures with your camera. Beautiful scenery. I'm looking at some stuff right now. It looks really great. So uh, there's like a, one of the islands you can actually walk out to on this really pretty red bridge. You just pay a small fee and cross the bridge and you can walk around and um, just different different trees are in bloom. I can't quite remember if there was cherry blossoms there. I believe there was. And uh, just like a really pretty grounds. Like it looks like some place that, you know, you could get married at or something. Um, so very gorgeous views out there. and. Sendai being known for one of its famous foods, which is gyutan, which is cow tongue. Um, I had gyutan curry, good beef tongue curry, and it was amazing. I think people oh. get really weirded out thinking about beef tongue or something, but it didn't look like, you know, tongue. Uh, it just looked like beef to me, and it was extraordinarily flavored. So hmm. I recommend. Yeah. Is that like kissing a cow? So you're putting mm. your tongue on its tongue? Um. Not not in the way that I think you're thinking. <laughs> okay. Is that another well, dot hack reference? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's super not. Um, it's just me being weird. Hey, that's okay. But it could be. Uh, you never know. But if you want to just believe in the power of Basho and walk around and have a good time, see some views, definitely recommend going up there. Uh, Sendai itself is known as a city that's really good for, for living in, um, hmm. probably for working in. But you don't usually go to Sendai for 
much in particular for like a tourist perspective, unless you're going to use it probably as a hub to different areas. There is a train line that'll go west, and you can take that to get to Yamadera, so Yamadera Temple. Very beautiful views. I think Basha was up there too. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, a bunch of stairs you can take to go up Yamadera Temple, which I believe means Mountain Temple. Uh, and you get to the top and you get the beautiful views. And uh, apparently in the fall, all the koyo and the, the beautiful colors of the trees. Um, that's like apparently one of the really famous views as well. There's a mm. lot of famous views, but I don't think Yamadera is one of the three famous. Well, actually, I know it's not, but um, there is a lot going on up there. Good stuff. <laughs> a lot of beautiful places, which I, I long to, to go to and see for myself. Mm. Well, with the borders hopefully reopening and going up through the summer into next year, you know, you can start to plan a trip. <laughs> I slight a deviation, but I want to talk about a view that I think uh, looks pretty cool after I, I looked it up. I was watching a very old school anime uh, the other day, uh, Samurai Troopers, uh, sunrise anime from 1986. And uh, they had gone to the Naruto Strait. Uh, and it's just, uh, uh, I can't remember what part of the, what city it's near, but there's a bridge going over uh, a strait where there are two swirling whirlpools underneath. And uh, I looked it up. Uh, looking up actual photos, I'm like, wow, that looks really cool and also terrifying. <laughs> like something about just two holes in the water and just swirling whirlpools all the time is uh, off-putting, but also beautiful. Yeah, so you're talking about the famous whirlpools right in the Naruto Strait, which is near mm-hmm. um, Tokushima. So what you can do is you can actually... So there's this massive bridge, right, used for travel and whatever. But um, there's a part of the bridge. I'm not sure if it's the whole bridge, but I know there's a part of it where you can actually walk out. And um, it's like you're under the bridge and you can Mm. walk out and there's uh, pretty good views of it. I I know that there's um, obviously glass that separates you, but I can't remember if you can look down through glass or if you just look outside um, Mm -hmm. on the side of the wall. But, yeah, you can get some really cool pictures there. Uh, sometimes there's boats that get really close to it. <laughs> so, yeah, but you can find some of those pictures online. But yeah, it's really crazy how that actually exists and how you can get there. So, how far is Hokkaido from there? Hokkaido's pretty far from there. Uh, where you're talking, okay, so like where that is, like the whirlpools are way kind of down into the west. So, past, I think, Kyoto and Osaka, and then Shikoku is like the big kind of island down there. Um, mm. Anyways, Hokkaido is way up north. Oh, wow. So in Samurai Troopers, they all got separated and they, they're slowly getting everybody back together. And uh, one of one of the teams went to uh, the Naruto Strait to find one of their friends and the other team went to Hokkaido. And I'm like, how far away are you guys going to be? So it sounds like very far. And for anyone who wants to travel down to that area to see the Naruto whirlpools. Um, so basically this bridge that we're talking about links uh, honshu like the main island of japan and shikoku so you can go down to that bridge area and uh, kind of cross over that way if you're going to plan a trip through shikoku there are some amazing sites out there um there is like another famous way to get over to shikoku um, which is kind of on the other side of that massive island um, and that is the shimanami kaido so it's a like a bicycling 
uh, route that goes from oh. bridge to bridge through the Seto Inland Sea. So you get these beautiful views of the islands um, as you cycle, which probably takes a good full day. And you know, if, if I were to try it, I'd probably <laughs> pass out halfway. Uh, but I heard it it can't. There's some some good hills to go up, but uh, it's actually apparently an amazing experience. So the Shima Namikaido. I definitely recommend checking that out. Hmm. So if you're really cool, you could cross one bridge and see the whirlpools and then kind of travel uh, kind of like the northern side of the island if you wanted to and kind of see a lot of the beautiful Seto Inland Sea and then take the bicycling course <laughs> um, and travel back over. Uh, so <laughs> wow. that's a, yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, there's a really nice garden along the way too, which that's in Takamatsu. Um, so you could always stop and see the beautiful gardens in Takamatsu as well. But you wouldn't cycle the whole thing. Just just to be clear, you would take a train for most of this. <laughs> um, okay. I don't wanna... <laughs> so, no, you would <laughs> – the cycling is just to get back over to, uh, to Honshu and continue your journey. So, yeah, a lot of good sites you could go see out there. And, yeah, thank you for pointing that out, Randy. <laughs> no problem. All right. We're going to go into our next segment, Stories from the Tea House. So grab a bowl of matcha and some Japanese sweets as we read the following story from Camellia Tea House in Kyoto. All right, I'm settled in. Let's do it. Right. The Temple of Lost Information. Dayo-in, a sub-temple of Miyoshinji, was founded by Ishiko Mitsutada in 1603 in memory of his father Mitsumoto. To construct the temple, the residence of the Ishiko family at Fushimi Castle was dismantled. Dayo-in is known for its 72 Fusuma paintings created by the artist Shibata Zeshin on a lengthy stay in 1832. Shibata is known as Japan's greatest lacquerer. And lacquer is a wood finish that preserves the wood and keeps it nice and shiny. So Japan has a lot of famous lacquer wood products. Mm. Though he has also been criticized as too modern, too Western, and too conservative. So it sounds like he was ahead of his time. <laughs> the temple will be open until May 15th. So if you're listening to this, it's already passed. Oh, to celebrate the completion of the Daioin Fusuma project, which has created a series of Hana no Maru paintings originally created by Shibata for the Imperial Palace. Shibata's original Hana no Maru adorned the ceiling of the Meiji's palace, uh, palace's reception room, but were lost in an air raid fire in May, on May 25th, 1945. So working from old sketches, it is taking the artist Yasukawa Nyofu three years to complete the project. Hana no Maru which also means like flower circles, are commonly painted as a set of 100, each circle depicting different types of seasonal flowers. At Daioin, 43 of them have been recreated. As you enter the rooms, you can see 10 sparrows representing the 10 principal disciples of Buddha. Daioin's head, Ishiko Shokyu, has brought the temple to great publicity in recent years. Renowned worldwide for his research into sericulture, Ishiko bred a new type of silkworm that creates peanut-shaped cocoons with very flat thread. So that's like a fun fact about there. Yeah. And another fun fact is Shokyu also promotes a special service for lost information that has proven popular with programmers that have either lost their work or had it replaced, and writers <laughs> who have had their work rejected. Nevertheless, some religious figures have frowned upon the idea of such a memorial. <laughs> so Randy, you ever <laughs> you ever been working on something? <laughs> And you lost all your progress because you didn't save? Oh, yeah. Happens at work more frequently than I would like it to. And it's uh, frustrating. Yeah. I think we've all had this happen, whether we're writing 
papers for college or coding something or it's just playing a video game and power goes <laughs> out back in the day, right? Without autosave. So mm-hmm. all you have to do is you could go here and hopefully get a good fortune and, uh, you know, get some of your information saved. Do I need to bring my Xbox and just make some sort of prayer that my uh, Fallout save will return and I'll get back all of the cool stuff that I lost? You very well could bring your Xbox, although it'd probably take up a lot of room in your bag as mm-hmm. you're flying over. And I think that, uh, I don't know, just bring the hard drive instead. <laughs> okay, that would probably be easier and take up less space. Yeah, um, there's a lot of really great pictures and photos along with this post um, that Camellia Kyoto has posted. So definitely go check them out along with their other posts. So you can follow Camellia Tea House on Twitter at Camellia Kyoto for more of their Japan culture tea and history posts and check out their website t-kyoto.com for pricing and scheduling for a tea ceremony, which hopefully that'll be pretty soon with borders reopening in maybe the next few months. That would be really great. And for people that um, can't spell or have a hard time spelling, uh, if you're looking for that Twitter account, that's C-A-M-E-L-L-I-A-K-Y-O-T-O. Amazing. So yeah, that about wraps us up for this episode, the third episode of the Japan Longing Club podcast. A lot of exciting things happening. Uh, You might be able to travel soon to Japan. In the meantime, the Japan Parade in New York City happened. A lot of celebration of culture. So... Yeah, we're also looking for your questions and travel stories. And you can send those to longingclub at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at longingclub. We may read your stories and questions if you submit them. It'd be very appreciated. Randy, where can we find you on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at saber underscore breaker. And I've also decided to dive back into tumblr so you can find me at saberbreaker no underscore there so yeah let's get back into tumblr everybody it'll be fun yeah you always manage to surprise with the certain platforms that you like to bring up <laughs> i haven't heard of tumblr in a little while <laughs> well it's still around it is indeed i followed a lot of japan and anime stuff way back in the day <laughs> on tumblr <laughs> a lot of good stuff They might still be posting, Jared, and you've got so much to catch up on. Yes. And you can find me on Twitter at HotAnimeVlogger. And you can find the podcast online at Longing Club on Twitter. And look for the Japan Longing Club podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. And as I like to say, John A., have a good day. Matane. (laughs) John A., have a good day. That's good. 